What we've been doing is we've been going through the last couple weeks, the last six weeks, we've been going through the sayings of Jesus as he's on the cross. And so if you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. They're on the lamps on either one of your, uh, either sides of the room. You can grab one of those, and that's our gift to you. Uh, but what we've been going through the last few weeks is Jesus, as he's on the cross, as he's nailed to the cross, he says seven things on the cross. And this week, what the saying we're going to look at takes us out of the book of Luke, and it moves us to John chapter 19, verse 28. So if you want to open your Bible to John chapter 19, verse 28, it's an incredibly long passage, so I'll read it. I almost have it memorized. Here's what it says, John 19, 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he said to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. That's what we're looking at today. Jesus, as he's on the cross, says, I thirst. Why does he say, I thirst, as he's hanging up there? If you've ever seen The Passion of Christ, the movie, it's, it's so graphic as to what Jesus went through as he marched to Calvary and as he was beaten and as he was hung on the cross. And these sayings that he's been saying the last couple weeks carry so much meaning. They carry so much behind what he's saying. And as we get to this, why, as Jesus is sent, as, as, as he's nailed to the cross, why does he say, I thirst? Are any of you hikers? Anyone like to hike, Brittany? Thank you. Very good. We're in, Col- we're in Colorado. Anyone like to hike? Like, come on. Get up and go hiking. There you go. We got, we got some hikers here. Nice shirt, Jay. That's nice, dude. I like that. So, so I like to hike. So does Jared. But neither Jared or I are smart. Well, Jared's pretty smart. But this day, we were not very smart. We lived in Gunnison. We decided, okay, we're going to hike this, this trail called the Conundrum. We're going to go to Conundrum Hot Springs. Everyone, anyone ever been there? Okay, don't. It's, it's clothing optional. We didn't know that. So, so we leave, we, we, we leave on, this, on this day journey, and we're just fit specimens of athleticism. And so I think I take, like, I don't know, about this much water in a Ziploc bag with me, you know. Uh, I don't take any food, or maybe I have a little food. I'm not sure. All this to say is I'm pretty sure we were in flip-flops, we had no food, we had no water, and we're going to hike to Conundrum Hot Spring. John, you're shaking your head. You know where this goes, right? Not prepared. Not prepared at all. And we start off on this little journey because we're going to do something stupid. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, about 29 hours later, I'm exaggerating a little, but as we hiked, we realized this was not a small hike. This was massive. We peak multiple peaks, like we, we have to use bobsleds. No, it was just bad. You get what I'm saying? It was bad, but as we're hiking down to Conundrum Hot Springs, we're already exhausted. We're already nearing the point of dehydration. And remember, we're just now getting there, and we still have to go back. And so we go, and naturally, because what you're supposed to do when you go to Hot Springs is lay in them. So we lay in them, which does what to our dehydrates us even more. (laughs) Jason, you're following, aren't you? And then we're looking, now we're in this huge valley, and we're looking what we just came through, and we have to go back up about 19 billion feet, cross over again, come back down. We're out of water. We're dying. I remember, I don't remember the band, but I remember about halfway up the mountain going back home. I laid down, and it was so peaceful. It was like an Irish spring commercial. (laughs) Flowers, birds chirping, And I prayed this prayer, dear God, kill me. (laughs) 
We were pitiful. We were, we were pitiful. If you've ever been dehydrated, like I am right now, little cotton mouth right now, it just, it kind of messes you up, doesn't it? It kind of messes you up. We just got back two weeks ago from a mission trip uh, to Haiti. And one of the villages that is now a church project church is, is called Savangra. And it's not a huge hike, but it's a hike to get up into this little village. And in this little village up here, in fact, Brant, one of our guys back there, notice he's got white skin. Brant, hold your skin up. There it is. They really hadn't seen white skin that much. He terrified a little girl, and I'm sure she's still having nightmares. But this is this little village we have to hike up into. And I remember going there three years ago, and three years ago they were drinking water that was contaminated because the, the spring, the natural spring for them, was about half a mile up from the village, and they had water getting piped down to their village in PVC pipe. But, oh, thanks, Chad. Here's water. I thirst. Thank you, man. The problem with the PVC pipe is when the rocks roll and crushes it, now the water's contaminated and this is what they're drinking. And they've got some of the cleanest water to drink. This last trip was neat to go there and, and, and see that, yet it still needs improvement, but it's way better. Now, now we've installed fire hose, you know, that, that's going from the spring down. And it's still not the best, but it's a lot better. And, and I am reminded of the importance of water. Reminded as we drove around Haiti and we saw um, uh, uh, pumps that were installed by living water and people conjugating around these pumps to get their fresh water that is actually not contaminated and they're going to be able to live off of this water. I'm reminded the importance of, of water. So if everyone has water, take a drink. That was awkward, huh? Jesus is laying... Laying, why I'm saying laying. He's hanging on the cross. He's been beaten. He's been tortured. He's sitting there. He's, he's said multiple things already, and he looks. And I imagine complete agony is every word he's getting out, and it's carrying deep meaning. And he says, I thirst. Why does he say, I thirst? If you know who we're talking about here, we're talking about the Lord. Who is the Lord? He's the maker of everything that we know. Like, the Lord, do you know that he made all the oceans? All the waters, all the clouds, all the fountains, all the brooks, all the streams. And I just imagine that the clouds would have joyously opened and refreshed him in praise to him upon one whisper. Clouds, make it so I'm not thirsty. There's Jesus hanging on the cross, the creator of every water thing that we know, and says, I thirst. At any time... If Jesus would have said, I thirst. I imagine that the, and the angelic guards that were with him at that point, they would surely have emulated the courage of the men of David. Remember the story of David when he says, I long for a drink of water from this certain pool. And, and his men bust through armies and, and bust through and, and they go to the well of Bethlehem and they put their lives at risk to bring him back a drink of water. Do you remember that story? I remember, and I wonder, Jesus at this time, all he has to say is, I long for a drink of water. And the angelic forces move. The clouds open up and provide the water that he's made. At any point, God is capable of doing this. But he hangs on the cross and he says, I thirst. 
Oh, but then it gets even better if you want to read just a couple verses down on where we're at right now. Even the next verse, verse 29, what happens? The soldiers, what do they do? They, they give him, not water, they give him wine vinegar. Wow. Anyone like to drink wine vinegar? In fact, this was the cheapest wine that they had, that the soldiers had, and, and they're mocking him, and they're giving this, and saying, here you go, you thirst, here, and they put it on a pole and shove it up towards Jesus. I thirst. This is the cheap stuff that they're offering him. He came to save. But where was he born? Not in a luxury hotel. There was no room for Jesus. That's how he entered the world. And look here, he, he longs, he thirsts for even a cool cup of, of water and doesn't even get that. He doesn't even get that. This is how humanity treats the Savior. Humans, left up to us, we will reject, we will crucify, we will mock Jesus at every chance that we get while we're focusing on our own comforts and we're focusing on ourselves. So Jesus hangs on the cross and says, I thirst. What is the weight of this, I thirst? What does this mean when he says, I thirst? And what is Jesus thirsting for? Well, as I study and I began to read and pray through this, three things were really impressed on my heart. Why does Jesus say, I thirst? One is this, for, the, for this pain to be over. His physical pain to be over as he's on the, on the cross. God in flesh is experiencing physical pain. He's going through dehydration. If your scientific mind, what is dehydration? Dehydration is the process of returning to the dust of the earth. Without water, where does our body go? Back to the dust of the earth. That's what dehydration begins to do in us. And Jesus on the cross is suffering. He says, I thirst. And his, his body is beginning to break down. He's experiencing physical pain. Think of back a few years ago when we were in Luke chapter 16. That was a joke. Okay, Luke chapter 16. If you want to think back to that. Father Abraham sent Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. All he longs for is someone to dip his finger in water and put it on his tongue. I long for that. Jesus doesn't even get that on the cross. Even as much as we may suffer in this life. Do you suffer? Even as much as we may suffer in this life, it is nowhere near as much suffering as our precious Lord suffered. Jesus took our sickness and the weight of the sin of humanity on himself, and his cup was more bitter than ours will ever be. He's battling a physical death, but he's also battling the weight of sin on him. That's a cup we will never know. And I thank God for that. This is the intersection of the gospel story. And this is the beauty of what we're celebrating this week, every week, and especially next weekend. As we look at what Jesus went through for our, on our behalf. Jesus is going through this in, in intense pain, his physical pain. And I wonder what you and I are going through right now. What things are you battling through or struggling through right now in your own life? 
Some of you may be anxious or something may be out of control or spinning out of control in your life and you're thinking this is overwhelming and you just thirst for resolve or you thirst for God to come in and do something in the middle of this. And and all I can say is this, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I do know what scripture says. I do know what the promise of, of his word says. And may I give you a couple of these things? Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. You are not walking through this alone. Jesus is guiding. He's with you. He's loving. Psalms 139, 7 through 10. Some of you may need to memorize this. I love all of Psalms 139. Here's what verses 7 through 10 says. It says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where? Where shall I go from your spirit? And think of God, how much he loves you and what you're going through in your life right now. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed and shield, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Jesus is with us. He's guiding us. He's loving us. What are you going through right now? Are you feeling weary? Are you feeling tired? Psalms 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ear towards their cry. Cry out to Christ today. Say, Jesus, I, I, I thirst. This is unbearable. I thirst for this. And Jesus on the cross says, I thirst, and his physical body was sharing in the agony of his spirit. So why does he say, I thirst? One, I think it's for the pain that he's actually physically experiencing. Number two, I think it's for the Father's will to be accomplished. I thirst that, Father, God, your will would be accomplished in my life. Can can we say that? Can we pray that with our life? As Jesus there, he says, I thirst. He thirsts to pluck us from the jaws of hell. He was hungry. He was willing. He was ready to do it. He says, I thirst. My, My body hurts. I thirst for physical water, but I also thirst because I want my Father's will to be accomplished in my life. I am here to pluck humanity from the jaws of hell, to pay the redemption price, and to set humanity free from the eternal condemnation which hangs over all of us. And you see a passionate Christ as he says, I thirst. He says, bring it on. My Father's will be done in my life. And I look at that and I say, praise God. Thank you, God, for what you've done for me. Thank you, God, for what you've done for all humanity. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for, as a ransom for many. Jesus hangs on the cross, says, I thirst as he gives his life a ransom for us. With I thirst, with those words uttered, with Jesus saying, I thirst, evil is destroyed. Did you get that? 
with I thirst, evil is destroyed. And evil receives its full payment on our behalf. With I thirst, we are forgiven and we are given. What are we forgiven from? Death. And what are we given? Life. With his agonizing I thirst, look what comes forth. He thirsts because physically his body is hurting. He thirsts because he wants to see his father's will accomplished in his life. And lastly, he thirsts so that others may know his father. As he hangs on the cross, says, I thirst. And he wants others to know his father. Think about it. If Jesus had not thirsted, every one of us would have eternally thirsted, separated from God. I'm going to say that again. Think about this. If Jesus had not thirsted, every single one of us would have eternally thirsted, separated from God. And with his thirst, we're quenched. Does that seem fair to you? Does that seem right to you that Jesus would go through this? He thirsts so that you and I have hope in something. Isn't that, um, it's not that we have hope in something that's fleeting or something that's shifting, but we have hope in true hope and true love. And because he thirsts, we do not. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And as Jesus is hanging on the cross, he's thirsty and he's saying, I, I long for you guys to know my father and I don't want anyone to perish. And I, and I long and I pray that everyone will come to completeness and come and to repentance and come to know the loving um, attitude and life of my father. Because my father is love. Here's a challenge for us, church, as we look at this. Because you're going to come across this, I thirst, next time you read your Bible. Or in the future, you're going to come across, I thirst, as you're reading the Bible. But I guarantee this, physically, you're going to come across an I thirst probably sometime this week. If not, just, just don't drink something today and see what you think tonight. I thirst. Like, you're going to come across this I thirst. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing that God's given us. This I thirst that you come across this week, let this be a physical representation of a physical truth. Or wait, I said it backwards. (laughs) Let me do that one, okay? When you come across that I thirst, you're thirsty, let that physical representation be something greater. Let, Let it be a spiritual truth. As our body thirsts for this water, May our soul thirst for the things of Christ. And next time we thirst, may we remember him. And wherever we see someone hurting and thirsting in their life with no hope, may we point them to the fountain of life and not just good advice. Let me say that one again. Next time you thirst, may it draw you closer to Christ. And next time you see someone thirsting, going through hard times in their life, going through unbearable things, may we point them to the fountain of life, Jesus, his word, and may we not just give them good advice. We're not moral coaches. We, his church, represent truth and life 
And everything that we do should be based and found in Scripture. And I want to ask you, church, do you thirst for his word? Do you thirst to know the Bible? Philippians 2.16 says, Holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be Proud that I did not run in vain or did not run in vain or labor in vain. If all we do to people that are thirsting is give them good advice, good moral advice, then we've missed a great opportunity to point them to the true fountain of life, his word. I want to end with this. Psalm 63. I'm going to read all of, all of Psalm 63. And so if you have your Bible, you want to open it up to that, or maybe you just want to reflect on this. Can I give you the context of Psalm 63? Who's it written by? If you don't know and you're asked that question, just guess David. That's probably going to be the case. He wrote most of the Psalms. Okay, so it's written by David. But what's the context of him writing this Psalm, Psalm 63? He's in the desert of Judah. You imagine, do you imagine physically he's thirsting? Do you imagine that with his life he's thirsting to serve God? Do you imagine that he's at the point where he's saying, God, what is your will for my life? What can I do? God, I thirst for you. I thirst physically and I thirst to be used by you and to show others your love. Is this the context that David is writing Psalm 63 in? So let's reflect on this. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, he says, I thirst. And here's Psalm 63. You, God, Oh my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Church, do you thirst for God, the things of God? This next weekend is is Easter. 
This is when we really take time to focus in on, on what Jesus went through on the cross, why he went through what he went through on the cross, and, and what does that mean to me? What does that mean to everyone around us in Greeley, northern Colorado? This is one of the most beautiful, if the, it is the most beautiful story in all of, all of time. It's a message full of hope. And as I walk around my neighborhood at night, to keep my nice figure, <laughs> that was a joke, Kent. Come on. He's rolling his eyes like, come on. As I walk around my neighborhood, I see people that are hurting that are putting their hope in just fleeting stuff that's going to pass away. I, not, I like that car. It's nice. Great, nice car. But it's going to be empty. It doesn't provide you hope. I like your retirement. That 401k is impressive. But even as you lay on the beach, that's going to get boring. What are we putting our hope in? I pray this week that as his church, people that call ourselves Christians, that we would long for him, that we would thirst for the things of God, that we would thirst for his word, that we would thirst for truth, and that we would study his word, and we would get into it, and we would commune with God. Remember what that means? Commune with God. That we'd be lost in him. We'd find our identity in him. And out of that love and out of that passion and out of that truth, we would look up and we would see people all around us at the store, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, our workplaces, everywhere that we go. We would see people that need hope, that need life, that need truth. They're thirsting. They're drying out. They're dehydrating, and we've got the water of truth to give them. I ask, who would you invite here next Sunday? That's an easy one. That's, that's, that's an easy one. Just take the car and go come to church. That's, that's easy. But beyond that, like what Weston said, who would, you introduce, um, who would you introduce the love of God to this week? Who would you say, there's water that once you drink, you will thirst no longer. Like, this is hope. This is love. This is meaning. God's pursuing people. May we show them that love. That's it. That's all I got. I think it was twice as long as your message last week, grandpas. I'm going to ask us right now, if we would, just, just close our Bibles. And just let, let God work on our, our heart and our mind right now. What is he doing in you? How is he showing himself to you? What is he teaching you in this moment? If you have a, a child in Project Kids, this would be a great time to just quietly get up and go retrieve that child and come back together. As we can worship him as a family. But as God works in our hearts and he prods in us, He grows us this morning. May we respond to what he's saying to us. And so if you're comfortable with it, just close your eyes and hold out your hands and say, God, here I am. I so easily slip into making this life about me when it's not. So I give you my life. God, I long to thirst for you and the things of you. 
God, I ask you to speak to me in this moment. For some of us, it, who knows what God's showing us, but I know for me, when I was working on this message, it was the question that God kept giving me was, Aaron, do you long and do you thirst for the things of me and, and, and the scripture? Or because you're a seminarian, you're in it so much that you're getting numb to it. And I had to be honest, church, I had to say, I've gotten numb to the scripture. I mean, not fully, but it just hasn't been alive in me like I want it to be. And so I hold out my hands this morning, just like you, and I go, God, I thirst for your word. Like, I thirst. I long to know, to see the beauty in it even more, to be lost in who you are and your words. I long for that, and I ask for that in my life. Because I've been getting distracted. Church, we can get in here and do all the nice Christian things and go to Haiti and do all these wonderful things and all along miss the point. God, please move in our hearts and move in our mind. May it be not about us, but about you. May each one in this room thirst for you. For some of us in this room, we might not even know who you are. God, I pray that you continue to pursue each and every one of us. And for those of us that say we don't know who God is, would you, would you just reach out and say, God, show me who you are today? I've put my hope in other things. And to date, they're failing. Show me who you are, God. God, may you come alive in us. Work in our heart, work in our mind. As we go into the continue in our worship here, there's multiple ways you can worship God. One, just sit there and commune with Him, talk with Him, pray with Him. Um, there's communion over on the back right. And you can go and take a, a piece of the cracker and dip it in the grape juice. And the cracker represents his body that was broken, hung on the cross. His, the, the grape juice represents his blood that was poured out to cover over all of our sins. And, and that's, I mean, we see this in the scripture that we're studying today. And we even do this in remembrance of God and say, God, thank you for thirsting. Thank you for dehydrating. Thank you for everything that you went through and why you went through it. And we do communion to remember that. And some of us will just stand and we'll just sing praises, God, and saying, God, it's about you and we love you. So church, I want to ask us if we would to stand, continue worshiping him. God, move in this place. We long to see more of you. We long to thirst more of you. God, we want to be more like you. In your name we pray. Amen.